It's Tuesday, May 19th, and you're tuned in to the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, and soon I'll be joined by our special guest this afternoon, Jim Rosenhaus from the Indians Radio Network. Uh, Rosie's been with the Indians for 14 seasons now, and he's a play-by-play color analyst for the Indians games. He works with Tom Hamilton, uh, many of you know, uh, listen to him all summer long. Uh, he's also involved in calling uh, simulated games while we're in this sort of COVID-19 isolation, quarantine. The, uh, the Indians have been playing simulated games on the Major League Baseball, the show. Uh, so we'll get into that with, with Rosie and how he produces those uh, and calls the highlights from those games, uh, as well as who he's looking forward to seeing this season for the Indians, what players he's impressed with or who stood out to him at spring training. Uh, of course, Jim is the consistent uh, voice and, and the guy that you hear calling every game just about from spring training, uh, whether it's with a webcast or uh, on WTAM. It's always great to hear uh, Jim you know, start the season off for us out in Arizona and, and give us the what he's seeing from the players and how they're developing in spring training. Uh, did that for most spring training this year, and then the uh, the facilities all got shut down and the players got sent home. So we'll uh, we'll hook up with with Jim from his house and and what he's been up to during the the quarantine and find out if we got any good uh, hammy stories out of him this year and see what uh, what he expects to sort of shake out with the latest on this uh, proposal by Major League Baseball with the protocols for returning to play, hopefully sometime in July. So when we get them back, we'll be joined by Indians radio voice, Jim Rosenhouse here on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. All right, and we're joined by Indians radio voice, Jim Rosenhouse. Rosen, Rosie, how you doing? Uh, how's the, the quarantine been treating you in, in isolation here? Well, this week we're building an ark because of all the rain we've had the last couple of days. But uh, it's odd. Um, you know, I, I was thinking back to it. My first year in baseball in the minor leagues was 1991, and I can't remember ever having, you know, at home time during April and May. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, I think everybody and every business has been impacted, and, and we're no different in terms of, of staying at home and having our routines uh, so different from what they normally are. But, um, Sounds like maybe there's a light at the end of the tunnel, and that's something to look forward to. Yeah, it looks like uh, with this 67-page document with the uh, the protocols and and all the the sort of what's prohibited and what's not. Uh, what was your take when you saw that uh, come out over the weekend, and and how it's going to affect not just the players but everybody involved in the whole process of getting a major league game going at, at the ballpark? I think my first reaction was very thorough. <laughs> they, they didn't, I don't think they missed anything. Maybe no. they did, but, but it sure didn't seem like it. Um, you know, it's interesting because there's the, the on-field component of it. That'll, that'll be odd. I, I think, you know, the no fraternizing at first base. I love the no fighting one. All right. Like, like that happens every other no. game, like in hockey. No bench clearing brawls, as if there was bench clearing balls. Brawls were okay beforehand, right? Right. So does that mean a pitcher can drill a guy and just look at him and be like, "Yeah, I got you." Well, the, the Houston no Astros are the Astros are probably hoping that that's not the case, but yes. 
<laughs> so, you know, I, I think there's that component, but you know, that then the, how do players enter the stadium? You know, how, how thorough is the testing and um, you know, how, how is that all going to go when they're on the road? Um, no leaving the hotel, I think will be really interesting in terms of how to, you know, guys go to breakfast, lunch, mm -hmm. uh, things like that. And, and they have their spots in different cities. So uh, how do they uh, make sure that the players are, are fed during the day and that type of thing? I mean, I'm sure it can happen, but um, you know, some guys just like going for a walk to get out of the room. Right. And, um, you know, so I think that'll be real interesting. Um, and then obviously from our perspective, our, our interactions with players, which, you know, is, is a big part of our jobs to, to bring their stories to the fans. Um, we'll have to get creative to figure that out because it, it doesn't appear as if, you know, that access will be there. So um, it, it impacts so many. Uh, it will be odd with no fans in the ballpark initially, but look, you know, it's, it's what you have to do at this point in time. And we're seeing slowly but surely some other sports get, get back to it too. I don't know if it was the, the German soccer or if it was another sports league, but I saw uh, that you could, you could pay to have your likeness put on a cardboard uh, sort of punch out and, and, and put in a seat behind the, the backstop or in the stands and, could you imagine uh, walking into a progressive field with uh, 35,000 uh, cardboard cutouts sitting in stands and how, how odd that would look if, if, if you were one of the players? I, I'm going to guess maybe that'll be a discussion that'll be had. Oh, and, I'm sure, and, it, know, I'm sure it's already been had. It's going to be really interesting to see um, some of the creativity for, for every team in baseball because mm -hmm. um, obviously every team has, has different people working on things just like that. And uh, we'll see what, what the Indians are able to do to at least create some sort of atmosphere. And, and I think um, you'll see players have some input in that too, which you would hope they would because they're the ones down on that field and, and it impacts them directly. So it'll be interesting. Right. I've, I've, I've talked to folks with the Indians who said that, you know, the discussion of, you know, piping in crowd noise might be, you know, a, a possibility just to sort of get that feeling that you're not in an empty like mausoleum, you know, sort of, situation uh from uh, we talked to, to hammy last week uh are do you have any sort of reservations about opening up the window to the broadcast booth and you know if uh, a guy makes a play or a, a calls a ball or a strike and and you have a reaction that that could be heard by the players on the field absolutely uh <laughs> you know and sometimes it's funny because uh occasionally in spring training you'll, you'll kind of get that feel mm -hmm. because, you know, maybe at the end of a game when a lot of folks leave, uh, it can get pretty quiet, but, uh, yeah, you know, you, look, the last thing you want to do as a broadcaster is be <laughs> a distraction to the game, which normally is never, it's not golf. So it's never a factor in baseball because you have so much ambient noise and, and you never really worry about that. But by all accounts, uh, the one game they go back to is when the Orioles and the White Sox played a couple of years back and they had no fans in Baltimore because mm -hmm. of, of the unrest there. Um, they said, I guess, Gary Thorne, the, the announcer for the Orioles on, on television, uh, made a call of a double. And I think it was Adam Jones was at second base and he looked up and he said, Gary, pipe down up there, would you? Because <laughs> uh, you could hear him. And, um, so, yeah, it, it it definitely will be different for all of us. So I don't know if that means we have to leave the windows closed or, 
or they'll have enough ambient sound or where it could drown us out. Who knows? Definitely an, an, an isolation booth for, for you and Hammy both so that the, uh, the calls don't go echoing out into the, uh, in, in the progressive field. I can definitely see that. Uh, you know, just from your perspective, uh, who are you most looking forward to see playing once games do get started? It, it, you know, this Indians club, it, it's gotten younger over the last couple of seasons here. And there are some, you know, players that, that have been acquired who've come in who it, it looks like, you know, could really be here for a while and, and are, look forward to sort of seeing them develop and, and, and play. I would say offensively, right off the bat, um, right off the bat, sorry about that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but Fran Mil Reyes, mm -hmm. who was off the charts in spring training, came in in great shape. Hopefully he's been able to, to keep that going um, during his, his home workouts because he came in the, to camp in really good shape, was swinging the back grade. And I know it's spring training, you take it with a grain of salt, but he had a pretty good year last year too. Right, right. And, and to see him be able to build on that, it seems like the sky's the limit for him. Uh, so excited to see him. And Oscar Mercado, too. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, sometimes with a young player, when they come up, he came up hot and, and had a really good rookie season. Now, how will he do at the start of a new season? And, and this one, obviously, will be much, much different because you don't have the traditional cold weather start that you do in Cleveland mm -hmm. normally. But uh, he just seems like a really exciting player to me that, that could be good for a for a long, long time, both offensively and defensively. So right. those are two of the younger players. Obviously, there's your mainstays of Jose Ramirez and, and right. Frank Lindor and Roberto Perez, guys like that. But those two young guys who could be here for a long time, I think um, those would be two of the names. Yeah, I, I mean, you, as, as much as anybody, you're out there at, at spring training and you're, you're calling almost all those games during spring training. So you – you really did get sort of a, a, a better grasp than most of us on, you know, where the team was trending towards the, the that that late part in spring training where we were getting to the point where it was sort of cut down the roster and the guys who need to get prep, prepared for the start of the season are getting prepared. Uh, did did any – obviously, Framil uh, sort of jumps out, but anybody else sort of jump out in terms of uh, making that leap in the developmental phase of, of spring training? Well, and I think, I mean, Shane Bieber looked locked in and, and mm -hmm. had a chance to visit with him about a month ago during this, this shutdown. And, and he said he, he was just about there. He had thrown, mm -hmm. I think the day they shut it down, he threw a bullpen and that was to try and simulate and get some innings in. But all of his starts were just so smooth and, and he looked in mid-season form and it was just a matter of building up to his innings to be ready for the start of the season and I think he had maybe two more starts left to get yep. him to opening day and he he looked as prepared as anyone on that pitching staff um, followed closely I thought by Zach Plesak really mm -hmm. looked good uh, was throwing, I think his velocity was up a little bit, which right. sometimes in spring training that can be a surprise because guys build into their velocity. So I think those were the two that stood out. Uh, if you remember, the rotation was kind of jumbled after that because Mike Clevenger was coming back from knee mm -hmm. surgery at the start of the spring and um, Carlos Carrasco's elbow was bothering him a little bit, so they had shut him down. But I, I think by the time we get going, those will be long 
gone injuries and, and they'll be ready to go. So I think the rotation looks really exciting. And, and even Adam Plutko and Aaron Savali looked really, really good. So um, there's more spots or there's more guys than, than spots available, which is always a good thing pitching wise. Right. And, and early on, maybe they get creative with, uh, you know, the piggybacking guys and, and starts and, and whatnot, because when you've got as many uh, starting options as they have, and if there's an expanded roster situation, as a possibility, you know, who knows how many guys they'll have available on a, on a daily basis. Everybody will be there pretty much uh, at once if, it, if they're, they're allowed to bring something like 50 guys to the park uh, for, for spring training. So who knows? Yeah, it sounds like 50. And then maybe when the season starts, they, they declare a roster of 30 yeah. um, for the day. But, uh, yeah, they'll have some extra arms. You know, Tito will make sure they have some extra <laughs> arms available. Um, just to make sure they get through, and, and that served them very well. He's he's like a kid in a candy store when uh, when he hears thirty a thirty man roster or expand anything. It's more options for him. That's great. Uh, t- just tell me briefly about uh, these these simulated games you've been doing the uh, the calls for. Uh, I, I mean, I, I get it. I, as as much as anybody, we're looking for content. We're looking for things to to post and, and put up and, and keep the fans engaged and, and active. Uh, and an obvious one is these are these video games that can simulate the the season. I'm I'm blown away by the graphics on the thing. I, I think it's it's just fantastic to see the the detail that's put into these things. But uh, has have there been any uh, a what's your how how have you enjoyed doing this or not enjoyed doing it or or whatnot? Uh, you know, making these these play by play calls for the the simulated games that they put up every day and have there been any weird glitches or any sort of notable, uh, uh, you know, mishaps with any of these that have, have, have sort of, uh, you know, any side stories or anecdotes about that? Well, we're looking for, uh, obviously we have meetings all the time and mm-hmm. as opening day got closer, we were looking, you know, what can we do to help the fans somehow stay connected? Um, and a couple of people had brought up, because I think some other teams had already started even before the actual season started, mm-hmm. uh, just doing some games on, on whether it was PlayStation or Xbox, you know, one of the, the video gamers for MLB The Show. And, uh, you know, there's some guys or some teams were doing entire games with their announcers and they're thinking, ah, yeah. Oh, wow. Like, it's fun for a little <laughs> while, but, but then you're like, really? Um, would people watch that? And where would you put it? So, we, we, you know, let's get it down to about two and a half minutes, uh, taking into account we might get a broader audience with the shorter attention spans and, mm-hmm. and things like that. So, um, actually, my, my son plays it downstairs. I have a high school junior as my older son, and he has MLB The Show and, and loves moving different things around. And, and he said, Dad, we can pull highlights and we can do whatever we want with it. And so he pulls, he'll run the game and he pulls the highlights. He'll get the different replays. And we've had fun with like the, the uh, batter's box dirt cam, you know, on certain mm-hmm. angles and cause you can make any angles you want. Right. Um, so he, he would pull them and then I would figure out a way to, to do um, the, I don't know if you call it play by play, but the, the recap of it. And then we did a couple and we're like, well, wait a minute, we got to get Hammy involved here somehow with his calls. So, uh, we got, called back to the station and they sent me a bunch of his highlights from past years and I just match them up. If Lindor hits a home run, I have a, a cache of about six Lindor home run calls wow. from Hammy. So it's perfect. If it goes to right, I have a right center call and a, wow. um, 
And then they also sent me some goofy stuff. So occasionally, you know, if it's a high scoring game, there's one where he said, he said, uh, you know, it's a circus out there. All it needs is a top on it. So I try and plug that in every <laughs> once in a while. And just some of his funny calls, you know, more banter during the game. So that's been really fun. Mm -hmm. um, and then we send it over to our scoreboard folks and they put it all together and post it on our YouTube or Facebook and away we go. So it's oh. been really fun. It's been fun. It's something to do with my son, you know, each day and, mm -hmm. and uh, hopefully the fans like it. Yeah. I was going to say, have you gotten any feedback from these guys or, or, or people who have, you know, enjoyed watching them or, or following along as you do them? Um, you get the feedback when, when it, you forget, you not forget, but, or if there's an issue getting it posted early enough, sometimes <laughs> you get some feedback, but um, yeah, I mean, most people seem to like it. I mean, I, I was surprised early on, um, you know, some people would get upset about some of the lineups <laughs> or some of the performance of players. It's like, Hey, this is a, a simulated game. And, Ooh. And you, you know, know they can the, they can buy they can buy the game too and and put their own lineups in as much as they want, right? You oh, can, sure, you know, but that's not. That. Um, but it was funny because opening day, um, the first three times we simulated the game. Full disclosure here. I hope people are. <laughs> upset, but, uh, the Indians they lost, lost. <laughs> and we, you know it wasn't opening day yet, so we hadn't posted the game, and and I. In our department, people are saying we, we can't have that happen. People yeah. are depressed enough with the shut-in and you know not being able to do what they want to do. If the Indians lose opening day a day on a simulated game, that's not going to be good. So <laughs> on the fourth try, we got to win, and that's when we started the season. You can just restart the season from the right. beginning. Right, um, yeah. you got to win opening day. Come on, <laughs> yeah. I know we had Bieber on the mound, and, and for some reason, I don't know the what happened but a couple of bad games against the tigers well uh you know i i just think the the sense right now is that like you said earlier that that we are there's sort of a light at the end of the tunnel here and there's there's a there's a hope that you know by june we might see guys at the ballpark and by july we might see games get underway and 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 at least have that you know 80 80 ish game schedule of some sort uh do you throughout this whole thing have you gotten a sense just from you know what you hear from from fans or from anybody around the game of how important baseball has been to to, to people and how much they they just sort of have been looking forward to it and need it back at, at as as something like a, a part of their daily routines you know it's funny joe because it, you can't go out anywhere really to mm -hmm. to see a whole lot of people but um just look you know, you take walks in your neighborhood and, and um, you know, families in our neighborhood, they, they know I work for the Indians. And, and so they they talk about, you know, gosh, you know, it'd be great if baseball can come back. And they're curious, you know, what's going on? When is it going to come back? Is it going to come back? So there's very much an interest in, in getting it going again, if at all possible, even if it means um, opening with no fans in the ballpark, at least it would be something fun to watch on TV and and I, I think as much as anything else, it would, you know, they talk about this new normal and, and mm -hmm. yeah, there's going to be a new normal for so much of what we do, but um, the day to day of baseball might bring some of the old normal back and, and at least give you that something to look forward to in the evenings at seven o'clock and, you know, the, the ups and downs of your team and give us something to complain about or something to cheer about, you know, either side of whether right. they do well or don't do well. So I think people are, are looking for that. Yeah, I, 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 we, we talked to Hammy last week, and I just I told him, I was like, 
you know, you guys are like basically like the, the, the warm blanket. You're the, you're the hug that the city of Cleveland needs to, to hear your voices, you know, calling these games and, and, you know, sort of being that soundtrack for us uh, to, to sort of know in the back of our minds that everything could, could, could be okay, you know, moving forward. Just to, to hear that, I think the first time uh, you guys get on the air and, and, and broadcast a game, I think that's what's it. That's when we'll know that things are, are going to be okay. You know what it, you get, you get what I'm saying there? I appreciate you saying that. And, and um, I don't think it's lost on, on either one of us um, that, you know, hopefully that it, you know, it's a small thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's not, we're not curing COVID or anything like that. We're not, you know, developing a vaccine or anything remotely close to that. But if it does give people a sense of normalcy and, and something fun to do when they're going through a tough time or, or just, you know, trying to get through, trying, trying to figure out, you know, how to homeschool their kids and, and get mm-hmm. to the end of, of the school year and, and, and just have something fun to do at night, then, then we're more than happy to be able to do that. If, uh, if, if we are, you know, not able to go out on the road with these guys this season or, you know, things are different, what, what will you miss most about, you know, maybe traveling with, with Hammy or, or, or the crew or anything like that to two games this season? You know, and I think just um, the general day-to-day, you know, you go to different restaurants in, in the different cities and, and just – talk about baseball, talk about life, you know, just talk about sports, you know, um, look at the Michael Jordan thing lately, everyone's been talking about that. So mm-hmm. whatever's going on and, and, and hopefully there's a lot going on, um, you know, if we do get going again, but um, I think that's part of the fun and, and just seeing different parts of the country. Um, and it's funny, you go to all those different places and then uh, it makes you appreciate home a lot too. When, uh-huh. when you do get back home and, and are able to work here and, and be in the city and then feel the vibe of, of fans here. So I think, you know, it's not nothing earth shattering, I don't think, but, but just some of those little things that, that you'd miss, but uh, you certainly get it. If, if um, travel becomes a, a real challenge for, for those of us who cover the game, mm-hmm. um, but we'll figure it out and then find a way and, and uh, hopefully make it as good a season as any. Well, we're looking forward to, uh, to sort of getting there. Like you said, uh, Jim, the, uh, the light at the end of the tunnel, maybe it gets a little brighter uh, in, in the next coming coming weeks with with whatever negotiations need to take place. And then and we get a plan in place and we get some solid dates and, and, and people start showing up at the park uh, to, to do their job and, and, you know, get this thing going. Uh, Jim Rosenhouse, Indians Radio Network, uh, at Indians Radio on Twitter, I believe is the, the yes. Twitter handle. Uh, so Send it on. That's it. Follow them there and uh, – we look forward to hearing you once we once we get going here, Jim. Thanks so much for for your time here. Uh, appreciate it, and uh, thanks for joining the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. You got it, Joe. Thank you.